0: Hello everyone, welcome to another amazing episode of Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. I am Scott Green. I'm here with my co-host Jake Berry. How you doing, Jake? Scott, I'm doing
1: great, buddy. Great, uh, great weekend of baseball. Hope you had a good Father's Day. Glad to be uh, back talking ball with you.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Father's Day was, was good to me, and um, I'm guessing it was also good to our very special guest that we have on this episode, and we'd like to welcome in Tony Bips-Spina, our fabulous Philadelphia Phillies correspondent. Tony, how are you, my friend?
2: Pretty good, Scott. Pretty good, Jake. Thanks for having me on, guys. You're going to talk Phillies prospects with us. Yep. Looking forward to it.
1: Awesome. (laughs) Before we do that, you know how I said it was a great baseball weekend? Well, this last podcast we had, you and Shelly, you guys kind of turned it into a Red Sox love fest. Me and Tony kind of got the opposite going on over here. Tony, (laughs) you didn't think we were going to have you on the pod without me bringing up that 15-to-1 drumming between the Braves and the Phillies, right?
2: (laughs) You had to, you had to rub it in, don't you? You have to <laughs> rub it in. Jake. Ah, rough weekend for the fills. Hey,
1: Just one shot, I promise.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I deserve more, but all right, it's early. It's early in the year. We'll be all right. I don't know what you're
0: talking about with Red Sox Love Fest. I don't recall any such thing. Uh huh. Well,
1: yeah, because <laughs> I was there to keep it on the tracks, guys.
0: <laughs> Go back and check out episode six, folks. That's uh, right. So, Jake. Um, you and I work on our prospects of the week every Monday. We, uh, we're putting together plans for All-Star Weekend in Philadelphia. I think that we're going to see some Phillies representation. I know that we've already uh, written about some, some Phillies guys uh, this year. So, Tony, we're going to just get right into it. And, uh, Jake, you want to start off with, uh, I, I think, maybe talking about some of the, the high draft guys?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so Tony, why don't you just kinda give us a, a brief overview? I think the draft is a good place to start, especially with, you know, short season and rookie ball and all that stuff starting on us. So why don't you just kinda give us uh maybe an overview of how you felt the Phillies draft was and, and if anybody kind of stood out to you.
2: Yeah, I mean uh it, it was an interesting draft, uh the way the Phillies took some players this year. Um they didn't have a second pick, obviously for signing some guy named Bryce Harper. <laughs> But um, the first pick, they took that kid out of uh, UNLV, the shortstop, Bryson Stott. Uh, you know, they took him, I think it was the 14th pick. He was projected by some places to go in the top 10. Uh, he's a big kid. He can play some third base if they need him, need him to move over. Uh, he was a junior, uh, college bat, so he can move up quickly in the system, I hope. Um, you know, he, does, I, he doesn't do anything phenomenal. He doesn't have that one tool that stands out, but he's a solid hit across the board. Um, I, I think we're going to like him I'm happy with that pick He's also friends with Harper So that can't hurt um, Another guy I'm really excited about Their fourth round pick uh, I'm sorry, their fifth round pick Gunnar Meyer He was out at San Joaquin Delta College Another big kid, six six, Can get the fastball up to the mid-90s uh, Struck out 48 batters And only 37 innings But the theme with him And a lot of the other pitchers they took uh, They're wild They have some command issues um, so it was interesting. It looks like they focused on players or pitchers who could bring the heat, strikeouts, get a lot of, a lot of strikeouts and, and hard throwers, but the command is lacking. So maybe this is the new money ball for them, get the, uh, the fastballs and, and they could work on the command, leave it to the development organization, I guess. So it would be interesting to see how it works out in the upcoming years.
1: All right, Tony, yeah, some great names there. Definitely some guys to look out for in fantasy Kind of wrap things up on the draft here. Could you just throw a maybe an overall grade on how you thought the the Phillies draft
2: went? Yeah, I go with a uh, I give it a B plus. Looked like they had a strategy; they stuck to it, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I'd give it a solid B plus.
1: Yeah, that's pretty solid. Um, you know, that's that's a uh, that's high praise. So so hopefully uh, they turn out some good fantasy prospects for us. Well, to kind of switch gears a little bit and focus on some 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 of the names that we've seen out on the. Uh, minor league field if you will i don't want you to give away your mid-season top 50 update by any means but to get things started with some plays prospects uh, could you give us maybe uh some risers and fallers coming from your preseason list and maybe who's kind of shown out um so far this season in 2019
2: yeah definitely uh looks like uh the organization has some good some good risers um Alec Baum, he was number two in the preseason top fifty He can't go much higher than that except to number one um but no comment on where he's going, but he's having a great year um he went from low high, low a lakewood promoted to clearwater i a after twenty two games um a little bit of a transition he struggled for about a week or so, but he's gotten back on track uh power ability to get on base um you know not to take away from what's already been said about him but he he really has the makings of a future middle-of-the-order masher. He's he's really, really adapting well. He's doing really good, so really high on him. Uh, Spencer Howard, our number 11 preseason, great start to the year. He got hurt about a month ago. He was on the IL with, uh, with some shoulder soreness. Uh, breaking news I just learned about an hour ago. Uh, Jim Payton reported that Howard threw an interest intra- squad game today. About 50 pitches. He hit the mid-90s. So he's expected back soon. Wasn't too serious, the injury, but they don't want to take any chances with him. Um, 30 strikeouts and only 20 innings pitched. Really solid year so far for him. Um, one of my under-radar guys, Raymond Rosso, uh, he was just promoted A Lehigh Valley last week. Six innings, nine strikeouts in his first game. Uh, 1.12 whip, 52 strikeouts. You know, his stuff has never really been lights out, never really had a High 90s fastball. But the results have been there the last few years for him. Uh, people are starting to notice. So if you don't have him in your leagues, scoop him up quickly. We got another guy, uh, Kyle Glogowski. Uh, the Phillies signed him out of New Zealand last January. Uh, he, see, Lakewood, he's in Lakewood right now. They have sort of a tag team where he uses two starters each game. Um, he's averaging 14.5 strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, brings the heat. He's only 20. He's the only representative in this Alley League All-Star game for them. He's got a great fastball, very good curveball. I'm pretty excited to watch him grow. Um, Another guy going with the pitchers, Damon Jones, just called up the writing this past weekend. 12 strikeouts and six innings in his his debut. Uh, He's already at 100 strikeouts for the year and only 64 innings pitched. He was unranked in the previous, in the preseason rankings. Uh, if I can go back, I would definitely do that over with him. The guy, he was an 18th round pick in 2017. Pretty mature guy. He's 24 years old. He's a lefty, which as if, if I don't know if, if the Phillies, I know you're not a Phillies fan, but I don't know if you're aware of this. They need left-handed pitchers. Uh, he started in a single A, but it might be crazy to suggest, but we may see him up this year if, if the rotation keeps struggling. They need a left-hander. Uh, Cohen?
1: yeah uh, did he so he he just kind of flew on the radar this year right
2: yeah yeah i mean he wasn't bad the previous years but this year it's like something really clicked for him
1: yeah and they're just turning him loose he leads the entire uh Phillies organization and innings pitched right now too and and uh you're right man 100 strikeouts 64 innings to just 25 walks at a Mm. pretty level of competition yeah that's uh that's a great name to throw out there and watch out for.
0: Just considering Damon Jones as one of our prospects of the week in the uh, column that we're putting the finishing touches on, and uh, that's great, Tony. I also wanted to ask you about uh, Baum and and Veer. Is it Ver- Verling, Veerling. They are the uh, representatives in the Florida State League All Star Game.
2: Yep. Yep. Baum. Uh, you know, I I hate doing comparisons, Scott, but Bob he he reminds me of the Chris Bryant, the good Chris Bryant, with his power, with with his eye. I I I just love the guy. I think he's really going to be good. He's mature, and I just like what he brings. Um, the Vierling kid, fifth round pick out of Notre Dame last year, he started off really strong. Struggled the last few weeks, but he's still on pace for maybe a twenty thirty year. Um, I really like what he brings. I really like his his potential. Um, like I said, I I can see twenty home runs, thirty stolen bases. Uh, he's he's right now he's about two sixty average. He was as high as three hundred earlier in the year. So um, so we'll see if he can get over this little hump. But I, I have confidence that he will. All hey,
1: right. Is is bomb a top fifty fantasy prospect? Not real life prospect. Fantasy prospect. Absolutely. Top yeah. top twenty
2: five. I just want to say I would. I would go maybe as close as twenty five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, big praise. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And uh, one more riser I got, uh, Davey Groland. Uh, he, he never projected more than a backup, maybe a, an, an every other kind of day player, but he, something clicked for this guy this year. Uh, he's up to 310, average 364 on base, nine home runs, um, 500 slugging percentage for for AAA. Uh, I don't know why they're not calling him up. You know, Andrew Knapp is the only thing blocking him from coming up. Real 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 Muto, I'm sorry. He's um, he's durable, but I I like to see this give this Grolan kid a a chance just to back up and um, take some playing time away from Real Muto just to keep him rested for the playoff push. I know
0: you love. I know you love and
2: wasn't he a home run derby champ last year or
0: something like that?
2: Right. I saw him last year. Yep he uh, he won the home run derby. In the writing all-star game. I mean um uh the all-star game in the yes. yeah, yeah for writing represent a writing.
0: Double um, A. I was in Trenton last summer. That's right. Yep. Now Excellent. So, so now we've got uh we have to look at the other side of the coin. If the with, you've got some risers, you're gonna have some fallers.
2: Yep. Yeah, we do. And uh pains me to say it, but uh Cornelius Randolph, another one. Well, the first faller. Um, I did have him ranked 40. I wasn't too sold on him, Uh, but I, I said at the time, you know, give him a chance. But he's repeating Double A Reading, another rough go at it. Um, he, he was drafted as a shortstop, where his numbers may have played a little better, but they moved him to the outfield. uh the last few years, and and he just he never had power, never had too much speed. But you know, he was supposed to have this hit tool, but it, he's he's his on base has been under 300 most of the year. He's hovering around a 226 mark, an average. No power, no speed. Um, I don't know. It's been a struggle for him, so not too high on him. I could see him falling down, also.
1: That's Tony. That's an interesting name to just jump in there because I think I read something the other day about him. It's about his uh, plate approach, really. That you know he was drafted as a contact hitter, and he kind of tried, tried to change his approach to be more of a power hitter type, and and it didn't really work out the way. And as we've seen it work out for a lot of these launch angle guys, so um, yeah, you know, still at just 22 years old, and, and you know, he had a lot of potential coming out. But I think that's a great place to start, and also, you know, a great indicator that sometimes these guys just just make tweaks, and they don't always work out for the best.
2: That's right. That's right. Couldn't have said it better myself.
1: I, I was yeah. I was checking to see if Damon Jones was available in any of my leagues, and I heard Cornelius <laughs> ring off, so I had to tune back in. So I think I
0: already <laughs> got him, Jake. Oh well, you know,
1: there's <laughs> other.
2: Check on. <laughs> uh, uh, now, now that now that the cat's out of the bag, I better go. Uh, better go check those uh, player availability in a few minutes.
0: Excuse yeah. me, guys. I'm. will be right back.
2: <laughs> you know, so, but like we said, he was a first rounder back in 2017. Um, we'll see what happens. He's still young, like you said, Jake. So we'll see. But I'm not too high on him. Um, speaking of first rounders, we have the ever polarizing Mickey Moniac. First round pick in, in 2016, um, he's still struggling. Uh, I'm just I checked today; he had 13, over 1,300 at bats in the minors, 14 home runs, 34 steals. 22 of those steals came in his first two years. Wow. Um, you know what hurts more? It's just you look at the other players taking after him. I mean, hindsight's always 2020. But Senzel from uh, Cincinnati, Zach Collins, was just called up yesterday. Dakota Hudson. Then you got the Mannings, Kirilov, Gavin Locke. You have a lot of players taken after him, so it hurts even more. Um, but their misses with him and with Randolph are, are really hurting the organization right now, especially with their need for outfielders with all the injuries. So it's been a rough go. Um, that's really all about the hitters I see as far as falling. There's a couple pitchers who I'm a little souring on. Uh, Jojo Romero, he struggled this time in his first taste of triple A. It actually got so bad that they demoted him to Reading last month. Um, I, I think something's wrong with his, with, with his arm. His velocity is a little down. 26 walks in 55 innings. Um, I had him 10th in the preseason. So it's something, that, um, something to look at when the midseason rankings come back out. Um, two other pitchers. I mean, this one could get a mulligan. My number 18 guy, Kevin Gowdy. I hate to say he's falling because he's just back from surgery. It's his first time pitching since 2016. He had Tommy John surgery, uh, but he's struggling big time with this command. He had, I think it's 27 walks in 24 innings. The velocity's there, but I'm a little, I'm not too concerned because commands usually the last thing to come back from that surgery, but it's something to keep an eye on. So see what happens with him. Uh, Ranger Suarez, my number five pick. He was hurt for May he had an abdom- abdominal can never pronounce that word abdominal injury He <laughs> uh, started a few games relieved called up to the major sent back down was hurt so he had, he had a lot going on I mean he's a young kid he's going up and down starting relieving so I think that could be uh, that could be getting in his head but um, I, I still have I still have faith in him his, um, his velocity is still there the stuff the stuff's still there the results aren't so we'll see what happens with him so that's about oh, yeah. all I have. Well, i
0: have a guy i have to ask you about tony
2: yeah your number six guy preseason Jalen ortiz yes Jalen, uh the big guy i like to call him um struggled in the beginning was turning it on um i you know his, his hits his hit tool has to carry him just because he's not a good defender And I think he needs more time. He's only been around for a couple of years. I think he needs more time. The guy has massive power. Um, I I think give him a little more time and he can continue to develop.
0: All right. I got to see Ortiz uh, down in Clearwater a little earlier this year. Yeah. Puts on a great batting.
1: Hey, Tony, can I get you to touch on one more guy for me, too, here? Yeah, um, definitely. At, at, the, at the top of the system, one guy that we didn't talk about, and I know I'm not trying to get you to give away uh, midseason updates or anything like that, but um, Adam Hazley. how fast do we see him rise to the majors?
2: That was quick, wasn't it? That was yeah. quick.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Is, is he, is he going to be a guy that sticks around, you think, or, or is this just uh, a temporary call-up?
2: Nah, Hazley's going to stick around. Um, you know, he's hurt now. He's got the injury now. It, it, it seems like the injury bug's going around uh, with the team. But the the guy is a professional hitter. You know, you're not going to see 40 home runs with him. But for, for fantasy, he's going to give you a safe floor. He's going to give you a 270, 280 average. He's going to give you 20 home runs, 20 steals. If he hits at the top of the lineup, he's going to give you a ton of runs. Um, he, he's going to be a guy that... I, I, I hate comparisons again. Maybe a Nick Marcakis type with a better average. He's he's going to be a solid player for years to come in, in that lineup.
1: Yeah, well, you, that, I mean, that's my question was really the stolen base. You know, I think he was a guy that I was confident was going to provide some pop. But yeah, if you're if you feel good about him stealing bases at the at the next level, then yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be a. A very valuable player. When he was drafted, I just didn't see him. I did not see him playing in the Major Leagues in 2019. So I don't know if it was just, uh, you know, had my Braves blinders on or what it was. But. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> All right, well, cool. So, yeah, some risers and some fallers there. And then, of course, what I what I always ask our guest, Tony, is, could you just give us your overall impressions? If you want to throw uh, you know, a letter grade on it, that's fine. Just kind of the state of the Phillies farm system as a whole right now.
2: Uh, offense, I'm I'm gonna if I can split it up. Offense, I'll go with maybe maybe a C, B plus C. Uh you know what? I have to go with a C. The offense, it's it's tough. It's it's really tough. Um, there's a lot of ifs, you know, we're T's uh and just just to name two of them. It's a lot of ifs with the offense. Um, but it's improving. You know, we, we didn't even mention Luis Garcia, um, Logan Simmons, another guy I'm pretty high on. He's he's starting in um um short season, Williamsport. So there's some some good players down in the low minors. The pitching, I, I'm gonna go with a solid B plus. The pitching is is really solid. Um, you know, we touch base on Howard, Ru- Ru- Russo, Lagowski, um uh Lavera, we got who we didn't even touch on hammer was just called up so they they're doing something right with the pitch morales francisco morales so we're doing something good with the pitching I'm, I'm pretty happy with the state of the pitching so if i have to give an overall i'd say b plus overall tony i wanted to ask
0: you about Lavera, and also one guy i really liked i think he was maybe the minor league pitcher of the year mm. last year david parkinson just mm. killed it in high a last year um might have been the ERA leader and he's in double A this year and I wanted to ask you about
2: him. Parkinson, yep, you're right. Um uh, pitcher of the year last year moved up to double A. Um he, he's he's having a good year, a very good year. Uh Whips only one one nine, three six three ERA. He's uh thirty-two innings, forty-two strikeouts, so the strike strikeouts are the strikeout rate's getting better in double A. Um you know, you don't hear too much about him. He's really sort of an under-radar under the radar type. I didn't even mention him for instance. But um he's got some stuff. He's got some potential. I could see a 3-4 starter in about another year or two if he keeps keeps it up.
0: All right, yeah, I like him. I wanted to to see your thoughts on him maybe uh maybe in another year or so he might make the get the call.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and Lavera, you asked about him. A uh, little wild. He uh, gets his strikeouts a little wild. He's he's improving though. Um I, I kind of like him, too, as a 4-5, or, or maybe as a lights-out clo- I think his stuff will play out better as a reliever. But I still want to give him a chance as a starter just to see what happens.
1: Well, good. Uh, Scott, you got any anybody else you want Tony to touch
0: on while we got him here? Um, I think I'm good. I was kind of kind of going through the system. We didn't talk about Simon Musiotti, did we? He was just one other name that uh, was kind of interesting to me. Uh, was. Uh, was in Lakewood last year, and um, you know, and started with rookie ball. He's he's only um, he's only nineteen.
2: Yeah, yeah
0: I, I, young
1: kid. I didn't know how to pronounce his name, but that's neither here nor there. Tony, sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's young kid. Um, Brett Gardner. He always remind, he reminds me of a future Brett Gardner. Fast kid, leadoff kind of guy, um, developing power, but I, I like the kid. All right.
0: Good enough for me. Uh, Brett Gardner is a good, solid player. And so if he turns into that, he's a major leaguer.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's on the right path. He's doing well, like you said, 19. He's doing well for a young kid.
1: A long time major leaguer, if that's the case. Well, good. Yeah. One, one thing I want to do while, while we got Tony here, um, I want to shout out uh, your May article that you wrote, the Phillies MILB Organization Review. Of course, um, you know, a month and a half later, uh, some information has changed, obviously, but I would encourage folks to go back and take a look at that. That covers a ton of names at each level. Uh, I very much enjoyed that, and and I hope you do another organizational review like that uh, down the road. Kind of some quick hits on on where a lot of those guys in the system stand. So I thought that was a great piece. Wanted to plug that
2: for you real quick. Shake, thank you.
1: Yeah, Tony, you getting out to you getting out to any games anytime soon? Or are you gonna go out and uh, do a little scouting anywhere?
2: Yeah, I'm looking uh looking to go to Reading in a couple weeks, um, go see what's going on with the the Reading team. Uh, hopefully, catch some uh, catch uh, Moniac and Randolph again. <laughs> see if they made any improvements. And uh, I'm going. I really want to try to make my way up to Lakewood. It's only about an hour and a half away. So expect to see me there this summer. Hey, maybe Moniac and Randolph will rise while you're there. Yeah, or maybe they'll come to Philly. Who knows? With the injuries we're seeing in the outfield, who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, they might not. Huh? <laughs> right, right. Tony, well, we appreciate the time, buddy. Um, it was great, great time talking Philly's prospects with you. Definitely some names for us to check, on, check in on. Um, unfortunately, Damon Jones is not available in any of my leagues, so uh, I'll have to get you <laughs> offline, Tony, so we can talk about the other guys I <laughs> need to be looking for, all right? Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll make that work. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks, Tony. And Scott, you you and I will uh, be back on the other side of the break to kind of wrap things up, maybe talk some uh, prospects of the week, talk uh, some upcoming All-Star Game stuff.
0: Absolutely. Sounds good, Jake. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right. We will be back uh, after this short break. You're listening to Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back to Futures Focus, a Prospects 1500 podcast. Scotty Ballgame here with Barry's Baseball. And that was a great conversation with uh, Tony, wasn't it, Jake?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know. It always takes a little extra out of me to uh, acknowledge and appreciate some of these Phillies prospects, but uh, even I can lay down my braves hat when we've got somebody as good as Tony to talk uh, talk some prospects with.
0: Tony is going to be in attendance uh, at a reading AA game and uh, we are lucky enough to be uh, getting some access to some of their top prospects that he's going to hopefully have a little bit of conversation with so i'm sure we'll be hearing from tony in the near future and uh, we might have some excerpts of, of these discussions uh, on our website really soon so that's something to look forward to
1: yeah absolutely look forward to it.
0: now speaking of uh, some top prospects you and i do our prospects of the week every monday Um, I think you've got a little game that you wanted to play with me here, and I think the game is going to feature some names that our readers have seen over the course of the last several weeks in our Prospects of the Week column, so can you explain what we're going to play?
1: Yeah, more or less, and we'll come up with a more clever name for it, I guess, but it's essentially Buy or Sell. I mean, you've seen it at pretty much every major sports outlet or, uh, you know, media a conglomerate, if you will, um, essentially saying, hey, do you believe in this or do you not believe in this? So basically what we're going to do is we're going to take uh, a stat or a trend or something like that from several prospects that have been featured in our Prospects of the Week. And we might even dive into some others that that haven't been featured there quite yet, but we might have found an interesting piece to look at there. And essentially we're going to go back and forth and, and I'm going to ask you, hey, Scott, is it legit? And you're gonna ask me, hey Jake, do you believe in this or not? So, okay. sounds uh, good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off. If you're ready to go, you ready?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Okay. And I'm actually gonna start with a Red Sox guy for you. So we're gonna give you a softball first. But in return for the softball, I need you to help me out with the name here. Josh Okimi. I, I believe
0: can... it's pronounced Akami, Josh like Akami. kind of like the um, the villain in Spider-Man, Doctor Ock. I think yeah. it's Akami.
1: Good. I can remember it that way. Josh Alchemy. So, you know, a guy who was, if I'm not mistaken, much higher on prospects list a few years ago than he is now and, and went to the Arizona Fall League, right?
0: Yes. You know, I think if I recall, a couple of years ago, he may have been in my top five of my Red Sox top 50 prospects. Uh, dropped down a little bit last year. And, uh, geez, off the top of my head, I, I'm... I'm not remembering exactly where I had him ranked this year. Might have been in the mid-teens, but uh, you know he's he's having not a bad year in AAA A with Pawtucket. He reached Pawtucket last year. Um, he's he's started with Pawtucket this year. The only th- he's striking out less, sure.
1: and so let let me get to my question. For all you. right,
0: go ahead. Ask me the question.
1: question for you: Is it legit? Okay, I'm going to ask you about his strikeout-to-walk ratio, because his strikeout rate is down, albeit 28%. Still high, but less than what we've seen from him before. But the walk rate, he's always been a guy that's been good at drawing walks. The walk rate's up at 18.8%. So not necessarily is the walk rate going to stay there, or is the strikeout rate going to stay there, but what about the strikeout-to-walk ratio? Is this just a flash in the pan over 67 games, or... Are we seeing Josh turn the corner
0: here? I think I might go with the former. I think it might be a flash this early in the season, sixty-seven games. I think we're going to see it get a little closer to what we've looked at the last couple of years. I don't think that his walk rate is going to be hovering in the high teens. I think it's going to be lower to the ten to twelve percent. Um, you know, maybe fourteen. Something I just really am not excited about is looking at he's not he's not hitting. I mean he he's getting on base with some walks, but his batting average in Pawtucket last year was two fifteen and his batting average in Pawtucket this year is two fourteen. Um you know, he has fifteen home runs already and he only had twenty last year. Um I, I just don't I he might be he might make it to the majors and fill in a little bit here and there. I don't think he's going to be a stud, which pains me to say because I'm a big collector of Josh akami cards. And um, that that's just my feeling. That's that's my feeling as a Red Sox fan and as a prospecting you know, analyst, if you will.
1: Yeah, he's slugging 500 this year. I had the numbers up in front of me before. I don't have them now. I've got too many tabs open. I think the baddest was somewhere around 240 or something like that. But – Quick sidebar on this, Scott, do you ever take promise? We see guys all the time who are ranked so highly, and they kind of dip you know, under the radar, whether it be international signings or the draft or whatever it might be. Guys fall in the rankings. Do you ever take promise in the fact that, hey, this guy was at one point, at one point we saw something in him that was promising. Does that ever give you a little bit of a peace of mind? Hey, this guy might bounce back one day, or... Is it just been too, too big of a sample size now where he has just not been good that you kind of write him off?
0: It might be a little bit of both. I think that, you know, the organization does like him a lot. They are, they are, uh, you know, touting him in the lineup in Pawtucket. They are, are, uh, they're giving him a chance and you can look around the league and, you know, there was a guy in a home run derby, uh, I think in, in, um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, just the Texas All Star League home run derby. Have you heard ever heard of a guy named Chris Parmalee?
1: <laughs> no, I have not.
0: So Chris Parmalee was in the majors several years ago, um, and he was participating in the home run derby in the Texas League All Star game. And it kind of reminds me of of Occamy, a big first baseman, burly power guy. And you know he had some time in the majors, not a superstar by any means. But we might see something like that out of Akami, yet he could still be playing in the minors four or five years from now as well.
1: Yeah,
0: he's, well. I'm he's only, sure. you know, how, uh, how old is he? He's, he's in his mid-20s.
1: Yeah, I think 24. I'm not sure. I don't have it up in front of me. I think he's 24, though. But, you know, I'm, I'm well documented as not being a fan of this pro- profile for, for minor leaguers anyway. But, yeah, yeah that, was, that was plenty of time on Josh Occamie. What, what you got for me?
0: So I'll throw a batter at you, and you know what? Maybe a little bit of a softball to you to get things started uh, a little slowly. So go down your Braves route, and we'll go with – I'm going to throw you three batters, but one of them is the Braves. Trey Harris, Nico Hulsizer, and Nolan Jones. So Harris from the Braves, Hulsizer from the Dodgers organization – and Jones from the Indians organization. I'm going to throw some stats out at you first, so hold on a minute because then I'll say buy or sell. Harris is leading, and I was looking at mid-level minor leaguers, so single A, high A. Nothing lower than that, nothing higher than that. Um, Harris is leading the mid-level minor leagues with a 190 weighted runs created plus. Now, just so our listeners have a little bit of information, in case you might not know what this newer Sabermetric Weighted Runs Created Plus is, I just wanted to let everyone know that it is um, a number that um, takes the statistic runs created, but it adjusts it to important external factors, and a, a a 100 is league average, and 150 is 50% 50% above league average so with Trey Harris at 190 it's amazing and the other two guys Paul Sizer's at 165 and Jones is at 160 I want to ask you buy or sell on these guys
1: so I'm probably going to buy two of the three and I think you can pretty much you know dump it down to which ones I'm going to buy on I I, I'm on record as being the biggest Trey Harris fan in prospect writers. Um, and I was kind of on the guy when he was taken in the 32nd round out of the sec school. Of course, I probably follow sec baseball a little closer than, than most people that are, you know, hanging out in the prospect world over here. And as much as I hate cliches, Trey Harris really is a professional hitter. I mean, the guy really steps in the box and he makes hard contact consistently. He's got, an amazing routine when he steps in the box where he kind of taps his toes and, and he goes through his whole motion. You know, if you want to see the game move quickly um, he might not be the player to watch, but if you want to see a guy having a lot of fun while he's playing the game, he's the one. And it's a lot of fun to watch if you like watching uh, old school baseball, right? Where the ball gets put in play, not necessarily a three true outcome kind of guy. Um, but he creates a lot of runs because he puts the ball in play a lot. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of hard, hard to substitute nowadays. Um,
0: can I, I, can I play, I'm sorry. Can yeah. I play the game and guess the other one you're going to buy? Yeah, please. You are not going to buy Nico Hulseizer and you're going to buy Nolan Jones.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to buy Nolan Jones because as much as I love Trey Harris and his ability to put the ball in play, I am a three true outcome kind of guy. I, you see the numbers and that's just, that's just what wins ball games nowadays. Nolan Jones is leading all of minor league baseball in walks. So, yeah, you're right. I am absolutely buying Nolan Jones all day. Nico Holsizer, not quite there. I think that this, uh, you know, we like that term flash in the pan. At least I do. Um, that might be what this is. You know, he's, he, he recently got promoted, didn't he?
0: He did. He just went from the uh, Midwest League All-Star game um, with the Great Lake Loons, uh, promoted out to the Carolina League. I'm sorry, the California League. High A with uh, Rancho Cucamonga Quakes.
1: Yeah, so that'll be interesting to watch. You know, that's definitely a stiffer level of competition, but the California League is uh, typically a pretty good hitter's league. So, um, yeah, you know, you always got to take those, uh, those single A guys with a grain of salt. I haven't gotten to see Holesizer as much as I got to see Harris. That might have something to do with why I'm buying one guy over the other. Um, but, yeah, you can't buy everybody, right? So I'll go two out of three on those.
0: All right, so Hall Sizer promoted to high A with a 30.3% strikeout rate, um, walking 13.5%. And your boy, Nolan Jones, you said leading minor league in walks, 20.4% walk rate, and his strikeout rate is only 23.5%.
1: I mean, come on. If strikeouts and walks don't get you fired up in fantasy baseball, what does? Yes.
0: So, <laughs> all, right, all right. Some good uh, buy or uh, you know buy or uh, not buy. Uh, what did we call that game? Hitters. So now we're going to move on to pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. Throw the yeah. First one at me.
1: I got one guy for you, and I'm actually going to go the opposite of. Give you a Red Sox earlier, so I'm going to give you a New York Yankee this time. Uh, Luis Heel. You know, you and I talked a little bit before we started recording about Luis Heel um, in his uh, South Atlantic League appearance. Scott, just judging by the numbers, I think you can argue he's been the best pitcher in the South Atlantic League so far this year. Um, 90 strikeouts to 30 walks in 65 innings. Just turned 21 this month. Uh, what do you think about Luis' heel? You think he's a guy who can sustain this kind of production?
0: I like heel. Um, if you like bad guys in pro wrestling, you like heels. It's, and I, I like, see, see what I did there?
1: I didn't make this connection, but he is a New York Yankee, so he really might be a heel in your life.
0: A part of the evil empire, definitely a heel. Uh, I I like him. Uh, I think he's you know he's gonna definitely move up in our Yankees uh, top fifty prospect rankings uh, when we do our midseason update. One of the best in the uh, Sally that you said. Uh, his ERA just hovering over two and he's got a 12.3 K per nine. This, this kid's for real. I think, I think I'm going to buy him.
1: Yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. And I think, uh, you know, sh- shoulder surgery, there wasn't a huge history of guys coming back from that. And, uh, you know, I think he's, he's proven at least at that time in 2016 when he had it, but you know, hadn't, hadn't set him back one bit. So.
0: All right. My turn. I'm, I do want to make things a little more difficult for you, but, Uh, for the sake of of the numbers that I was looking at and some of the names and and recent prospects of the week, I'm going to lob another brave at you. Tucker Davidson. He has a 1.48 minuscule ERA and a 9.62K per nine. Um, I know you like Tucker Davidson, but for moving forward, uh, dynasty leagues, uh, real-life baseball, are you buying Tucker Davidson?
1: Well, you're right in the fact that I do like Tucker Davidson, but I don't like him more than guys like uh, Joey Wentz and Kyle Mueller, a couple other left-handers. Uh, you know, Jesse De La Cruz as a guy that I'm high on. Um, I do like Tucker Davidson. I don't really know the path for Tucker Davidson. He started out as a reliever. When, you know, when he was first drafted, he was a relief pitcher. And I can't really attribute this, um, you know, this game in in statistical categories to much. Uh, I'm not quite sure what it is, to be honest with you. He doesn't have um, eye popping stuff across the board, really. I mean, he's got a decent curveball, but the fastball and the changeup aren't really lighting, you know, lighting guys up by any means. So, as much as it pains me to say, if you ask me if Tucker Davidson, what he's doing in double-A is legitimate and what we can expect moving forward, I'd say no. I think ultimately he's going to be the bullpen guy that he was drafted to be. Um, I don't necessarily think he has the stuff to be a late-inning guy either. I think it's going to be more of a middle relief type, and, and maybe if he gets traded to an organization that's starved for pitching, we might get some quality, quality years as a major leaguer out of him. But if you just look up and down this Braves organization – not, not a whole lot of room for a guy like Tucker Davidson. Now, if he continues, if he has another season like he's having right now, obviously I'll eat crow and we'll see him up at the major league level with the Braves club, that's for sure.
0: All right, well, I'm just going to change the question a little bit then. 1.48 ERA and 9.62 Ks per nine, are those numbers sustainable?
1: Well, that's what's tough, too, is, is he doesn't have big swing and miss stuff. Right, so if we want to take the sample size at seventy-three innings, sure, we can have a little bit of regression there. Okay, yeah. you 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 regress it down to to nine nine strikeouts per nine. How about that? I yeah. think four point three two walks is more of who he is mm-hmm. than the nine point six strikeouts. Agreed.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So that was a little game that we played. Maybe we'll enhance that uh, and do a little bit more in our next episode. Um, but something I do want to mention that I'm really hoping to do in our next episode is we've got representatives and correspondents all over the country out at all the different minor league baseball games. And I am going to try and get a little bit of a discussion with each of those people to come on to Futures Focus with us and chat a little bit about the all-stars that they saw in action and their experience at these awesome venues uh, over the last uh, couple weeks. How do You think that's a good idea?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and it'll help me out, too, to be honest with you, because when they put all those All-Star games on, well, I should say the majority of those All-Star games on the same day, it's tough for me. You know, I've got the College World Series going on that I'm prepping for over here, obviously writing prospects of the week, um, and and really, to be honest with you, the one game I paid attention to was the Southern League All-Star game, so I'm looking forward to, to talking to some correspondents about the games that they covered, and really letting them educate me on what they saw there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Me too. You know, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to why it always happens this way. Um, you know, we had the Southern League All-Star Game. We had the Texas League All-Star Game. They're in the books. The other Double A League up here in my neck of the woods, the Eastern League, that doesn't happen until the week after the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And um, I'm, I'm curious why that happens, why it's so late. I know that um, – our, our, correspondents, Shelly, uh, Shelley, uh and her husband, Rudy, they're going to be at the Eastern league all-star game in Richmond, Virginia. So excited to, uh, to have them there for us. But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk to some of our, our, uh, correspondents from out in the field, uh, on our next podcast, yeah. two more players that I want to ask you about, talk a little bit about, and then we'll get this episode wrapped up. One of them is, uh, on our current Prospects of the Week, uh, he's one of our pitchers, uh, Joey Cantillo of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps in the Padres organization. Uh, have you seen what this kid's doing lately?
1: Oh, well, I've seen what he's doing. I am not confident in saying I was extremely familiar with him before our prospect.
0: Sure, sure. Well, and I was not either, but, uh, you know, I just thought that that I wanted to bring him up. He was worth the mention. Um, not pitching that well through um, four April starts. His ERA was just under seven. Um, but it's been sub one ERA in May and in June. And this month, um, an amazing turnaround. He's 3-0 and with a 0.36 ERA, 30 strikeouts in 25 innings. Um, and today, I think it was, uh, took a no-hitter into the seventh and finished with two hits through eight. That's just another, you know, hey, Dynasty League folks, look him up, see if he's available. If you're in a league that rosters more than 75 or 100, you know, per team, maybe he's worth a grab.
1: Also, if you like advanced stats, and he had that terrible of an April, his FIP is at 222. So that, that should tell you about how he's bounced back over the last several months.
0: Right, right. So, um, yeah, I wanted to bring up him. And I also wanted to bring up a guy that I saw, oh, geez, it must have been, it was three or four years ago, uh, in AA Portland, and he was playing shortstop uh, with Joan Moncada and Andrew Benintendi, and eventually he was traded in a horrible, horrible Red Sox trade, the Travis Shaw deal. Um, Maurizio Dubon. He is... Having a great season in Triple A for Milwaukee uh, on San Antonio, he's hitting uh, he's slashing 3:13, 352, 473, eleven homers, thirty nine RBI, and I think he's uh, maybe a month or so away from getting the call.
1: Yeah, and if we have uh, you know if you're into baseball cards, Mauricio Dubon was a the guy there for a while that was actually a hot you know a hot baseball card for a while too. Um, but I'm glad to see I'm glad to see that he's doing that you know at at 24 years old um, seeing what he's doing in AAA helps a little bit was never a big power guy you know the 11 homers are nice always got to take that with a grain of salt in AAA now that they're using the uh, major league ball if you know what I mean but um, you know typically those those guys who have well below average power aren't necessarily guys that I keep an eye on but I always kind of I always kind of grouped him with guys like Franklin Barreto and guys like that, um, who are who are gonna be quad a guys, if you will. I know that you know being the number five or whatever it is prospecting your organization doesn't necessarily call quad a, but um, not a guy I was too terribly high on outside of the baseball card world. All
0: right, All right, I hear you. and I like the uh, Franklin Barreto comparison, probably you know probably a similar type of player, but someone that I think will see some a decent amount of time in the majors when he, I believe he's going to get there this year. So Jake, let's uh, get things wrapped up. Uh, It's been another great episode talking Phillies prospects with Tony, Tony Bips, Spina, and uh, going through all of these, um, you know, guys we talked about. Now let's just look a little forward, look a little ahead to uh, upcoming uh, all-star weekend in Cleveland. You and I, and a, a crew of our other correspondents, We'll be getting together. Uh, We're going to hit some minor league ball games. We're going to uh, definitely be at All-Star Sunday covering that for Prospects 1500, uh, seeing the Futures game in prime time for the first time ever. But I would like to, um, I guess if you will, make a little bit of an announcement here, if you don't mind, something that no one has talked about yet. Even me? Even to you. All right, let's hear it. So we have our Prospects 1500 conference. It's going to be scheduled for 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, July 7th. It's going to be at Harry Buffalo in Cleveland, just a couple blocks away from Progressive Field. This place does not open until 11. So we are going to be in there at 10, an hour before. Only the people that are coming to our conference will be able to get in uh, that first hour. And we're going to have some special guest speakers uh, doing a little bit of Q&A with our our guests. And I can happily announce the first two guest speakers will be Chris Blessing from Baseball HQ and our friend Ray Butler from Prospects 365.
1: That is what I'm talking about. All right. (laughs) Look, I was sold already, but, I mean, come on. Now, now we're going to be in the presence of Prospect Royalty now.
0: We will, and I am doing my best to line up. We'll definitely have another person joining that panel, maybe two. I'm working on that over the next uh, week or so before we head out there. But uh, I bring this up now because if there are any Futures focused listeners that will be in Cleveland, we do have some extra seats available for free. If you're there and you'd want to talk prospects and you can make it out to Harry Buffalo for 10 a.m. that morning, uh, you got to reach out to Jake or to myself or Prospects 1500. Hit us up on Twitter at Scotty Ballgame, at Barry's Baseball, at Prospects 1500. Let us know if you'd like to join us, and I'll see if I can get uh, one of our seats reserved for you. All right. You just
1: dropped a bomb on me, Scott. I don't even know how to react to this news.
0: I told you I wanted to make this major announcement.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm glad you kept me in the dark now. That was awesome. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm glad those guys are going to join us, and, and I look forward to, uh, obviously, all the listeners and all our uh, colleagues at Prospects 1500 that are going to be showing up, and, uh, you know, maybe throw somebody else on the panel, too. I look forward to that.
0: All right, so... So we will uh, be checking back in with our next episode, talking about the minor league all-star games that have been going on. We'll, uh, depending on when that drops, we might do a little bit of recap on the futures game as well. And uh, if not, we'll talk about the futures game in the next episode. Uh, but that's really pr- pretty much it for now. And it's been another great episode. Jake, thank you for joining me uh, again.
1: Absolutely. Hey, Scott, can I, can I give one quick plug real quick? Absolutely. So building on our all-star weekend, I, Scott, I don't know if you're going to join me Friday night. I'm going to be at Mahoning Valley on Friday night, Lake County with the Prospects 1500 crew on Saturday night, and then obviously our Futures Day, if you will, starting out with the conference and then the Futures game on Sunday. So if you're in the area or if you're visiting and, you know, you don't have plans on Friday or Saturday night, you know, come, come join me. And I think Scott, you know, he he loves minor league baseball as much as anybody in the world, so I think he'll be joining me there. Come, come check it out, and uh, let's talk some baseball.
0: Absolutely. Friday night, July 5th, Mahoning Valley game. Uh, Saturday night, the 6th, we'll be in East Lake at the Lake County game, and then we'll be at Progressive Field for All-Star Sunday on July 7th. So, All right, Jake, we'll, we'll be seeing you down the road. And For everyone listening, thanks for checking us out keep uh, reading up on the prospects of the week. Let us know who you'd like to see us uh, feature on that list and talk about on the next episode for Jake Berry, I am Scott green again. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on futures focus, a prospects 1500 podcast.